Welcome to episode 20 of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you hear what it's like to train for and run your first marathon. I'm Dwayne France, and I'm joined by Coach Morgan Lattimore, the People's Coach, and together we're going to share the week-by-week training journey that'll take me, just a regular guy and a mere mortal, to the finish line of my first marathon. And if I can do it, you can too. Thanks for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. I'm excited to be going on this journey and pleased to invite you to join me along the way. There's a couple of ways we can be connected. Follow the podcast wherever you listen to them and you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. You can also see where the journey takes me by connecting on Strava by going to strava.com forward slash athletes forward slash M3 podcast, which will be in the show notes. There you'll see where the training plan takes me. You can find all the episodes on the fundraising page of my charity partner, the Second Wind Fund, at coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. The mission of the Second Wind Fund is to decrease the incidence of suicide in children and youth by removing barriers to treatment. Simply by listening right now, you're doing your part. Every time someone listens to an episode, $1 will be donated to the Second Wind Fund up to $1,000. So listen, share, and know that you're doing your part to stop suicide in children and youth in Colorado. So check out coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast for all the episodes to give to the cause or simply to see how far we've gotten. This week, Coach Morgan and I talk about week 17. At this point, we're a couple of weeks out from the marathon and hit the longest run yet. This week was a total of 33 miles with a three-mile run on Monday, a local five-mile race on Saturday, and a total of 24 miles on Sunday, 20 miles in the morning and four miles in the afternoon. We had another three-mile run scheduled for Tuesday, but you'll hear what we did about that. And if you're wondering if this good, bad, good cycle of long runs held up, it did. Had a decent 20-mile run this week. So check out this week's coaching call reviewing the week, and we'll come back afterwards to wrap things up. All right, so week 17 is almost done. I've got one more run for week 17. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you had the 20 miles this morning. You said that went well. It went well. Water is life, right? Isn't that what they say? Yeah, for sure. I was reading it earlier. First, yes, everyone, we're back here. And I was looking at his 20-mile run when it came through because, I, again, I get text messages and emails when workouts are finished correctly or incorrectly or not at all. And, and for my clients, they're all on premium plans. So I get that when they put it in comments as well or I put in comments, they'll get a message. Either he'll get one or I'll get one. And so as I looked at it, I'm going through trading plans on Sunday, as I do always, before I start building next week. One, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to build his two weeks because we can just build it on air, right? And we'll do it during this episode. And as we get closer like this, what I like to do is not build too many weeks ahead. Like usually we'll get two or three weeks. That's what we've been doing and moving far ahead. But as we get closer, I'll kind of want to pay more attention. So the next two weeks, I'm going to do a week at a time. Right. But today we're going to get information from them and then we're going to put it in. But before we move past to that, then we talk about this 20 mile run that we did this a.m. at 5.51 a.m. Oh, that was early. So everything looks good, but there's a deficiency that you probably don't know if you caught. But if there's a 3% loss in weight or 3% gain in weight, there's a cause for concern. Maybe you're taking in too much, which is a thing, or not taking it enough. There is 3% loss here from 231 to 225, about six pounds. And so that's alarming to me. And so the question I ask is really less on 
So we went through the jail. We're doing the double electrolyte jail. Mm-hmm. Yep. At the, at the top of the hour. Yep. The top of hour. So 30 minutes on the regular gel and then the double gel at the top of the hour. And then we got the pill every hour. Today I did a pill every half an hour. So when I took a gel, I took a pill, which evened out to two pills an hour. Two pills. Each pill is how much? You should know by now. I don't have it in front of me and I don't do math in public. So. Oh, we don't do it in public. <laughs> Luckily, keep my box of impression. In my office, and I always keep it here. Same stuff. I usually use the same stuff that I recommend to my clients. And so we got this one, right? Yep, the salt and stick. Salt stick. So that's two hundred fifteen per capsule. So that's two thirty. It's four thirty. And then so the two capsules is four thirty. The gel is one hundred five. So I think it's around 2.30. So we go in 4.30 plus 4.30 plus 660 milligrams of sodium per hour. Okay. So tell me, tell me how you felt before I make any adjustments. Like It felt pretty good. I definitely, based off of last week, I took much more water with me than I needed this time, right? So I had it on board. I've got a hundred ounce camelback. And so I, I took that full and I had the bottles with me too. I think I probably drank 80, 90 ounces out of that camelback. So most of that was gone by the time I was done. Was drinking on the fives, really didn't feel lightheaded. I did notice a little closer to the end of the run, how you had mentioned, if you start feeling sloshy or full or something like that. I felt a little bit like that probably around, I don't know, 15, 16 miles. So maybe the next five minutes I was just, I was sipping a little less maybe. I don't think that I really stopped. Like you had said before, I took gels all the way through even in the last mile, but I didn't take a salt cap in that last, I think a half a mile left. But no, I felt good as far as didn't feel lightheaded, didn't feel dizzy, felt pretty decent. So around mile 14 is when your heart rate started to rise. Everything was consistent until there, like literally it's night and day. Super consistent all the way through. Actually, in, on the back end, you're going to be more, it's going to be a little bit more strenuous, but like around mile 14, 15, you ran that distance before multiple times, right? And to see your heart rate rise and stay up the whole time where you're running right now, let's see, until the end, you're averaging... 155, which is relaxed for you, right? It was yeah. like a little bit relaxed. We can go lower, but we're still out there a long time. And then the back at their mile 14, 166 average all the way through. I will tell you, I noticed looking at where I was at at that time, that was when it started to heat up a little bit for me. Mm. Like I was, that was in going around the lake. I've got a, a park here in town. And so I did two laps around that just to finish out where I was going to end up with my 20. And I recall this morning at that time, because you opened up, you're out by the lake, and I was like, oh, wow, it's getting hot. And so the heat started to increase about that time. It was open, too. There wasn't a lot of shade, things Mm -hmm. like that. So I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of that occurred around that time. And then, of course, I had that, that last hill probably about a mile after that, which was the final hill before everything was downhill for the rest of the run. Pace slow down the back end, about 20 seconds per mile. Nothing bad. Just I'm just thinking through it right now before I give answers, especially when people are listening. <laughs> you want to make sure I give the correct information. 
that makes sense, right? If that's the area that it is, it's going to be hotter outside. That means you're going to, the body's going to want to cool itself. It's going to pump more blood and so on and so forth, right? With the sloshy stomach, you said, basically, you said you slowed the water intake down? Yes. Okay. So understand this. If you're going to slow it down, like, I would rather you skip one gel. And, because if you don't, if you don't drink water when you take a gel in, you don't have enough, right? Like three to six ounces of water when you take in one gel you're not able to dilute it for absorption to take place. You can put anybody say, oh, you can put gels in. There are certain gels that you that they literally made, they say you need to drink water with them, right? Not necessarily, they call a hydro gel where you don't need water to for the body to absorb it because it's against hydro, made of water, easy absorption, all right? And so that is a big thing, right? But it doesn't tell you how much. So this says one pack every 30 to 45 minutes during exercise, always consume water with it. And so I don't know how much, when you were on the back end and you're every 30 minutes, like how much water do you think you were putting in? I think maybe two pulls on the camelback, like a sip, yeah. sip, right? So um, when you start feeling that the gut thing, like that means it's the gut is shutting down, it's overloaded with something. I don't believe it was water the way you were sipping. I will give it more on the amount of gels you probably were taking in. And when your body starts to try to cool itself off, the gut, cannot absorb as much, especially if it's not diluted enough. And so when you start to feel that way, I would almost, like this is the key, like skip a jail. I hear you because I'm looking at it and that was around mile 13, which mm -hmm. was right before that heat up, right before yeah. that. Because as I came off of the trail and I was going into the park, I recall feeling that number one, I was hitting that hill after a really long downhill, that second to last hill. Uh, but that's when I was really feeling it as I was coming down that trail and turning onto the road. Yeah. And I think that's where we need to, to just make that adjustment. When you're out there and you start to feel that sloshy stomach, let's back off the nutrition and sip the water, right? I want you to continue to sip the water throughout because the body can absorb that easier than jails, right? And so I think that's where we need to just focus on that. Other than that, it looks good. The pacing as well, you're going to slow down a little bit. You still have a whole, mostly a whole week of running. You had to, you had to race the day before, the Garden of the Guys. And how did that go? Uh, that went good. I very deliberately, I ran it. I didn't race it, knowing that I had my 20 mile the next day. Um, oh, we're getting smart now. Look at him. So I, the one thing I was actually thinking about this on the run today, the one thing about yesterday and even today was I knew that route that I ran yesterday, the five mile route through the garden, I know it like the back of my hand. So I knew at the hills, when the hills crest, I knew how, how much effort I needed to do. I'm really familiar with the route. I was really pleased. There's one particular hill. I think it was probably the third or fourth hill on there. It's a little bit of a nemesis. It always breaks me down every time, but I was able to get up to the top of that hill without stopping, which is what I had done before. So yeah, overall, I was pleased with the run yesterday. Again, just really tried to keep it steady. I focused on, for the first mile and a half, not trying to go out too fast, trying to stay at a 10 and a half pace instead of that first part of the race. So yeah, I feel like yesterday went really well. And then, of course, knowing that going into this today, the 20 mile was hard, but it was hard after a five mile effort yesterday. Yeah. That makes sense. Makes total sense. Trying to make some adjustments now. And so you got travel coming up too. Just look at all these things. Oh, matter of fact, I see something else. What's up with on Tuesday? What happened Tuesday? Tuesday, we went Monday. And then you said heart rate was a little too high. So you oh, told me, was, to, you told me right. to sleep yeah. in. You said take yep. a nap. 
But there was you said there was some concerns about heart rate on Monday, so we took Tuesday off. Yeah, because we because your heart rate has been elevated for a long day, a few days, and it doesn't based off me watching you and knowing what your numbers are. Right when we're below one fifty, you're that's a chill run. But when like on what's that? What day was that? Monday's run. Monday's run. Yeah, it's you kind of settled out uh, right at the beginning. Like you're at one hundred and fifty on an easy three-mile run, that's the whole first mile. I noticed that. I noticed that, like, my watch <laughs> was pinging, and I was like, and I don't know if it was because coming off of that high-volume weekend or whatever, yes. but I was a little surprised at that, that first mile. And then, and it was just loops in my neighborhood. So, again, it's a route that I knew fairly well, and I knew where the rises and stuff was. And the watch was pinging a bit more during the run that I was thinking the same thing before you said it with the elevated heart rate on a run it shouldn't have been. Yeah. And that's where you know, we have to be cautious, right? And people are like in these small changes, especially when you, let's just say interval training. Uh, when I'm looking at interval training and I watch the heart rate go up, then I'm looking at how fast it recovers. You had overnight to come back, but, and then you ran for a whole mile and didn't come back down. That tells me there's fatigue still there. And right. If again, if you didn't have the coach to see that, like you said, you wanted to, I remember you wanted to run that day. You said you were ready. And I'm like, okay, it's, a three-mile run really worth the amount of fatigue that it will just add to whatever else is going on. So we take it off. And so we go into the weekend. We can have a good event. Or we can go into do a 20-mile run, and we're not carrying a whole large load of fatigue. And so these are signs that you have to be looking for how fast is your body recovering, right? And with these, like, especially a short run, with the amount of volume that you put in, that I want to make sure that it's not a, like a, a bad thing or a concern. It's just like it's that time where a coach needs to make an adjustment. And if so, sometimes you can push the envelope, but we're too close to race. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. there's no reason to push it two weeks out from a race. If we were like 10 weeks out or 13 or 15 weeks out, yeah, I'm like, okay, let's see what you got. And I, but that's just me looking to see like how much your body can take before we hit that wall. Yeah. Sleep when you're dead. Yeah, and, but as a coach, like sometimes we want to push you to the edge and push you over it in a controlled environment, but we'd be watching. And so we know how far you can go. And that's what the people always like, we're going to do the first couple of weeks. I think I'm just going to learn. I'm going to look, I'm going to learn. Well, that's all we did. We talked about your numbers. We looked at your numbers to see where you were consistent. I need to build workouts. That are, like a lot of people are looking for, I need variation. No, you need numbers and data. And you can't have that with variation all the time. Once you have that, then you can vary what your what the workouts are doing, but you have to have that information up front. And usually the stuff to get you the consistent data is the boring stuff, just to be honest with you. And I don't care what sports you're in, but it shows you what your baselines are, what you're capable of, can you pace, what's your nutrition like, are you sleeping well? And try to create an environment that within each week that is that replicates itself. So you can actually see when you change things, okay, this was my baseline, this is how I move from here. And that was important. So we took the we took that rest. Everything went well. How did Playo go the next day? It went well. And obviously that was the piece that was really in between the middle of the week. But not to say that I didn't disbelieve you, but I normally operate on six or seven hours of sleep. But like you said, that Tuesday sleep in, I think I got nine and a half. Like my body was, yeah, like, was I mean, you were on it. Like I was tired. <laughs> and I was like, I woke up and the, the sun's starting to get out. I don't usually get up. After the sun started rising. So it, it, just to validate what you were saying, even though I would have ran if I was just doing this on my own, but that was the right call that I got 
two and a half more hours of sleep than I typically do. And the wrong that. And I'm, I'm a very, and you, a lot of people that listen to is a lot of other athletes that I have listened to and other people as well. You got to listen to that nap. That nap is serious and didn't, it's needed. Oh, I don't have time. What you got time for an hour run, but you ain't got time for a 15 minute nap or an hour nap. That's what you take. Come on. That's priorities. Like that is important. Like the rest is important because we need to go on and be able to sustain this. And I'd rather take a day off than a week off because you hit mm -hmm. the wall on purpose. And so we move into this week coming up. You'll have tomorrow off because you need to rest from this weekend. Really two days, but the, the Tuesday is going to be active recovery. We're going to go into a, a six-mile negative split run on Wednesday. Then we're going to rest you again. The reason, not only the reason you're getting rested is because we just had these big weekend. And we you still got to run today, but you travel on Monday. Uh, and so to minimize stress on the body, we're going to take the days off. We're not missing anything. This is, we don't need to gain anything. We've done it before. But you'll come back on the Thursday. You'll have that day off. Friday, you'll have eight mile easy pace, right? And then what I'll do is basically your longest run day is going to be 24 miles. And so what we're going to do here is you're going to have a long run on Saturday and I don't want to do bad to post. I'm getting my calculator out. I don't know what we would do without our phones. Oh my God. I had to do the cubic feet of something the other day. And I was like, Siri, what's the cubic feet of such <laughs> Right? So we got 24 miles is the longest run. And so as we taper into that week, I'm going to go. I'm just, And I do this more for hard numbers for myself and for people listening. 24 miles, 75% of that. So, we, so since we got the eight mile run on... I'm going to say, let me put this in here. Let me just, I like to, so what I usually do is I'll type things in and look at the balance that I have through the week and see if I need to make some adjustments. So right now we're looking at 18 miles. Based off of my first look, we likely won't do that. So I'm going to go down to, I'm going to go down to a 14. But then we, I want to still be able to run. So we're going to bring down Friday to about a six mile run. And then I'll, don't worry everybody. I'll read off what the week looks like when I get done. Just making the adjustments and trying to. Usually I sit here for hours, like just making adjustments. So just bear with me, everyone. So 29, and then we'll go with a three-mile run on that day, 32 miles. Then we cut that in half. Okay. So what we're going to do is Monday off, Tuesday, three-mile easy pace. Wednesday, six-mile negative split run. And so those that are on the negative split is like, he don't need a warm-up because the first three miles of the run or first half of the run for this, because there's a one-mile cool down to the end. So that means. For the five miles, he's going to negative split it. Uh, so two and a half miles is going to be at whatever pace he decides. The next two and a half will be faster than the first half, right? That's what negative split is, however you choose to do it. That doesn't mean you need to go all out. That doesn't mean you need to go really slow. You just got to feel what the body feels that day and go with it. Just make sure that the front is slower than the back half, right? And then the last mile, easy. We'll take Thursday off again because he's, he'll be traveling back. And you coming from D.C., Friday, we got six mile easy pace. We're going to do a 14 mile run, race simulation run. We're going to stick to that. Make sure we do a nutrition, the breakfast and everything for Saturday, tweaking anything. And then what I'm also going to put in here on, on Sunday is going to be a three mile easy pace run with race prep, right? And so you start planning out what your next weekend is going to look like. Give me times and dates that you're going to be traveling for next week. And so I can start putting it into training peaks and saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to do a shakeout run and any other thing that may come up and go from there. Any questions? No, I think that sounds like it's a good plan. 
And like you said, we'll taper into that last week, but I think that should get us to a place where we're ready for the 21st. Yeah. Well, like we have one like, that little negative split run is to keep a little tempo in your life, keep the speed up a little bit. We don't want to kill that completely. People notice that during this training, we haven't done any crazy speed work, no all out sprints. And they're like, why well, we don't need it? Because he just doesn't need it. There's no purpose for it right now. Now, if you say, okay, I want a PR, then guess what? I still got some things to play. I got a whole lot of stuff to play around with, but like the problem is we got, this is the beginning of the year. We're going into the, basically we're still in the spring, right? And if he wants to race again, if I gave him all that, then I would be putting his body through a large amount of stress. It would take more, a longer for recovery over the next couple of weeks or months. And then his body might not like that on the back end, right? But if I know that he does plan on to keep racing, then I need to pace the season just as I would pace the race. And so I'm looking at the whole year, knowing that he's going to do more, and then we have still have room to grow throughout. And then at that end point on the back end of the year, he's going to be at his peak. And then we start from that peak next year and keep building. That's how you keep getting faster and faster every year. But if you want to get fast for every race, at some point, the body's still going to say, yeah, I don't, it's too much stress, too fast. And that happens to anyone, no matter what level you are. Some people break down sooner, some people break down later. But at some point, the body's going to need a break. Okay. And as you've mentioned, and we've talked about this, is it's not just the running stress, it's all the other stress. Mm -hmm. And you've looked at this season of, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, be like, how are you training for a marathon in the midst of all of this stuff we're doing? Mm -hmm. So work mm -hmm. is busy right now. Work is not going to be as busy for me the later half of the year. It typically yeah. isn't. And so this is all part of of that planning of this in the midst of all of the life in the work and all that other stuff. I want to say this, this is going to be like one of the last episodes of this series, but I want to say, I want to thank you for calling me. I want to thank you for calling me and asking me to do this because I get calls for crazy stuff all the time. Coach Morgan, would you do this? Would you do this? Would you make this? And then dude, I'm like, everybody just wants something from you. But then to me, people, and you put in the work for the podcast, you put in the work for the training and uh, thank you. I appreciate this. You are my athlete for life. I have another athlete. Colleen is an athlete for life. And I got two athletes off of this and my other athletes are listening to it. And they're actually, I didn't say this, I said so many things directly to it before, but they hear you and they hear our conversations about nutrition and they take that and they go back and make the adjustment and say, yeah, that works for me too. It's like our kids, right? Our kids won't yeah. listen to us, but they'll listen to their grandma or listen to aunt or uncle, right? Listen yeah. to their friend's mom, but they won't listen to us. But no, I, and, but you're right. As we're winding this down and as this is coming in these next couple of weeks, this was the goal was to help people understand what coaching was like to run for your first marathon. And same thing for you. Like I could have made it, but I was even thinking about this today. I would have run the marathon, but it would have been a suffer fest. It would have been like I would have done all of the things wrong. And as I finished last week's episode, the long runs have been a good one, a bad one, a good one. This was a good one, right? Because we are making that preparation. So. I appreciate you. Uh, hopefully the listeners appreciate this learning opportunity and know where to go but up. Yeah. And for those that don't know him, I want I don't know if I can I share. Like, how old are you? I'll ask you. Interesting stuff. What is it? 80% of all first-time marathons happen in, with a nine at the end of the age, like 29, yeah. 39. Uh -huh. So I'm 49 years old. He's so 49 I turned, years. I turned 50 in December. Turns 50 in December. How much do you weigh? 230 typically, and it's somewhere between 228, 230. And how tall are you? Six foot. It's six, six. It used to be six one, but then jumping out of airplanes 37 too many times shrunk you. 
Yeah, I know. I get it. And I want everybody to hear this because sometimes people just think people are just like badass runners or like he's a skinny dude. He's a big guy. Like you, you're about the same size. Like I'm 6'2", 220, and I'm 43, about to be 44. And so like age plays a factor. Weight plays a factor. Height plays a factor, right? The stages you are in your life, but that doesn't mean it's not possible for you. Mm-hmm. You just got to do it right. It's like anything else don't mean you can't do it. It just means you need to do it differently. And I'll leave it with that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I look like a wrestling coach more than a runner, but I got a marathon mind with football body. We'll be okay. Be you bold, brother. Be <laughs> you bold. We still moving. We appreciate it. All right, brother. Have a good day. Week 17, just to round out the week, we did have the four-mile run after Coach and I recorded this episode. Not going to lie, the first mile was rough, but once my legs realized that they weren't going to win against my brain, things settled down and went pretty well. And to reiterate what Coach was referring to in that I'm not what you would consider a typical runner with an overabundance of fast-twitch muscles. I'm just an ordinary guy who wants to do this extraordinary thing. I am a big dude. I remember that I was going to lunch one time and I hit up a place that was close to one of the local high schools. I was wearing a polo shirt from my alma mater, a nearby state college with a pretty decent football team. The guy behind the counter asked me, so how are the prospects looking this year? I must have had a confused look on my face because he said, oh, my bad. I thought you were a coach from Adams State scouting football players at the high school. I found it funny at the time, and still do. If you lined me up with 10 people and tried to guess which one is training for a marathon, I'd probably be fifth or sixth in the order of selection. Middle of the pack, which is where you can usually find me anyway. So thanks again for joining us for the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast, where you can hear mere mortals like you and me reach our goals as I train for the 2023 Denver Colfax Marathon. If you enjoyed the episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at Dwayne at VeteranMentalHealth.com. If you want to support a great cause, I'm a charity partner with the Second Wind Fund, a Colorado organization that focuses on improving access and delivery of suicide prevention care for children and youth at risk for suicide. You can donate to the cause by going to coloradogives.org forward slash M3 podcast. As a reminder, simply by listening to the show, a dollar's going into the pot. If you want more dollars to go into the pot, share the show with others who may appreciate it. If you want to reach out to Coach Morgan to show appreciation for the excellent work that he does or sign up for the People's Coach newsletter, you can find him at morganlatimore.com. All of the links to each of these are going to be in the show notes. So thanks for joining us for another episode of the Mere Mortal Marathon podcast. And just remember, mere mortals can do extraordinary things.